Hey, I got a question for you this morning. How many ever deal with a sin in your life and um, it's a struggle for you? Okay. Raise your hand if that's you. If your hand's not up, you're lying and that's a sin. No, you understand, there's, there's sins that we have a problem in. But here's, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Go ahead, and guys in the back, look at this scripture in 1 Peter. Look what it says in 1 Peter. Look what it says. It says, but he called you, but, but, but as he called you, I'm sorry, but as who, wow, can I read or what? Oh, here, stretch your hands towards me. Okay, I'm just joking, okay. But as he who called you is holy. Thank you. How many, how many he who called you is holy? Okay. Watch this. You also be what? Huh? Pastor George, am, am I reading that right? See, it says... But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy. And we read that and we're like, can I tell you what? We have, in, in American church, we have not touched holiness for so long that there is an expectation of sin. The Bible says give no place to the enemy. The Bible doesn't say, here, here, we quote it wrong. We say, when we sin... We have an advocate with the Father. Just First uh, uh, John. But it doesn't even say when we sin. You know what it says? It says if we sin. But we don't think it if we sin. We think when we sin. Because there is a, you know what it is? It's a sin consciousness. How many are very conscious of your mistakes? Oh, man. <clears throat> Here's the reality. God has called us to holiness. You also be holy. Here, I love it. In your what? See, how many know we want to, how many know we want to wiggle out of the word? But the word is so, I love it. It's so precise that it leaves no wiggle room in your conduct. Do you see this? This is, this call to holiness is not only in the New Testament, it's in the Old Testament. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He calls us to be holy. But here's the reality. How many ever struggle with sin? I'm not asking you to raise your hand, but I've asked you, if I ask you right now, how many of you are still struggling? The truth is, there's all kinds of areas in people's lives to different degrees that you're still struggling with. And, and here's the crazy thing. For many of you, you have, the last time I preached on something, you're like, I tell you what, I'm, I'm going to be serious this time. Come on, how many with me? And yet, you're still struggling. Look at your neighbor say, you came a great day today. Because here's what I want to do. In a very practical way, I want to teach you how to step out of ungodliness into holiness. I'm not saying you're going to do it overnight. But I'm saying you can do that. The Bible says with God, all things are possible. One of the first things is one of the things you got to get rid of your mind. That's why I have this scripture up here for you. 
because I want you to understand the calling in your life. God doesn't call you to do something and then not give you the power to perform it. He doesn't. Now, I know you can watch all kinds of people on television, listen to all kinds of preachers on the radio who, who give place and give, um, give ways out. But the New Testament doesn't give you a way out. Here, let me prove it to you. Uh, first Corinthians, you don't have to turn there. First Corinthians chapter 10, I think is verse 13 or 13, verse 10. No, 10, 13. Anyway, here's what it says. That there's no temptation will overcome you. No. You know what no means in the Greek? It means zero. There's no temptation that will overcome you. But with that temptation, God will provide a way for escape. <coughs> That's the reality. That's the New Testament. So today what I want to teach you is I want to teach you how to walk in that holiness. You say, Pastor, really? You're going to teach me today how to walk in holiness? Are you ready? Yes. Yes. But I first want to set that foundation and say, that's your calling. That's what God has called you to walk in. And we have to get rid of, here's what the Bible says, give no place to Satan. There's just way too much excuse for sin. And we have to come to reality and understand, I'm not talking about religion, I'm talking about what God says in his word. Guys, go back to the, the scripture in, 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 uh, in Peter. The calling to our life is to be holy in, uh, again, no wiggle room. No, 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 go to 15. Um, in, do you see no wiggle room here? What's that word right here? Everybody, what's this word right here? Come on, let's say it together. What's this word right here? Let's say it five times. Ready, go. You know what all is in Hebrew? I mean, in Greek right there. You know what all is means? It means 100%. It means no excuse. No, and, and right away, we're like, hey, you're not, you're not saying that we can do that, are you? See, who are you going to listen to? Let God be true and every man a liar. Stop exalting that guy on the radio that's not even teaching you the uncompromised word of God. Because I'm teaching you what, the, what, what, what Peter said. How many believe that all scripture is inspired? For reproof, for, for correction. We need correction. We need correction in our thinking because we have, have just, it's just like, oh, well, you know what? Well, you know what? But that's how I am. That's how my grandma was. You know, we always, you know, we're Italians. You know, we just have a temper. You know what's weird? I notice it's like, oh, we're Italians. And you know, we just, oh, we're Latino. You know what I mean? Oh, we're Irish. I notice it's like, oh, my goodness, it's everybody. You know what I mean? <laughs> Everyone's got an excuse. And God says, no, there, there's no excuse. But the reality is you feel defeated because you know in a practical sense. <laughs> How many raise your hand and say, that's not my life. So you feel defeated. I want, I want to teach you what the, what the issue is. I want to show you in a very practical way. But at first, I got to show you that is the standard. And God's not changing his mind. Amen. We've got to start to recognize, no, 
with God. Here, do we believe this or do we not? With God, all things are possible. Okay, this is deep. What does all mean? Same thing. The Bible says in the Old Testament, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. When there's this expectation of here, you'll never hit here. Because you're too busy, except, you know what, you're too busy. Some of you accepted C's when you could have got A's. Amen? When I was going to junior college, a teacher told me about a student that was in a trigonometry class. You know what, uh, had to, a foreign student had to first take the lecture on tape, interpret it to the language they understood before they could even get started. They got an A in trigonometry. Do you understand? It's like, wait a minute, we got this. This is the standard. But I don't want to just say, that's it, go. Get holy. You know what I mean? Stop watching pornography. I mean, I, I don't want to just say that. I want to say, hey, guys, let, let's, let's be practical in how we're going to get there. Does that make sense? Okay. So, Georgie, come on up here. You know what? And, and come on up here. Yeah. Jason, come on over. Georgie's down there. And Jason's down right there. So I got these two guys, and I'm preaching on, I'm preaching on um, forgiveness, right? So I'm preaching on forgiveness, and you both hear the message on forgiveness. But Georgie hears it like this. You got to forgive! That's Christian! You're a Christian. Act like it. Right? My friend doesn't hear it that way. Here's how he hears it. Hey, um, we got this. And I have empathy for you. My, my heart is for you. I'm not against you. I'm for you. And I'm Jesus. And when I was on the earth, I can't, I had so many people who did wrong things to me. And I didn't deserve those. So let me tell you, I understand how you feel. But understand this, my friend. If you keep on holding that bitterness from all these people that have done wrong to you, that bitterness is going to produce something in your life. That unforgiveness is going to produce bitterness. So I'm, I'm telling you this because I love you. You gotta, you gotta stop holding that grudge. I know they hurt you. I know it was unjust. I know it wasn't right. But I love you. So as a father that loves you, stop it. Because it's gonna hurt you. Same message. Stop it! <laughs> That's what I told you. Now we're going to just do what I tell you to do. See the difference? We got this. I'll help you. 
I need you to do your part. But trust me. Because you can do. Have I not said in the word? With God all things are possible. Am I with you? Did I say I promise never to leave you or forsake me or forsake you? I won't ever leave you or forsake you. I'm with you. And I'll help you. But you have to trust me because you can do whatever you want to do. You can hold on to it or you can let it go. You can trust me or you can trust you. And it might be hard, but trust me. Can I tell you what's harder? What's going to be harder is for you to keep your unforgiveness. Now, that message can be whatever it is. Pornography, you know what, um, uh, sexual immorality, selfishness, right? You got to give! <laughs> you get to give. That's the law! Press down, shaking together, running over. I mean, you could do whatever you want. But if you put some seed in the ground, now I'm going to be able to bless it. Do you see the difference? Okay. So how many remember when you were growing up and your parents told you what not to do? Come on, help me preach this. Here's what the Bible says. We'll get to the results in a minute. We'll get to you. I'll come back to you later. Here's the thing. Here's what the Bible says. That law, guess what it stirs up? No, it doesn't stir up good work. It stirs up sin. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says the law was our tutor. You know what it was tutoring us to understand? Oh my God. Go ahead. Say this. I'm serious this time. I'm serious this time. Okay. The law is stirred up. That you'd go, and don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. A seriousness in dedication and commitment is important and is part of you walking in holiness. It's part. But if it's not out of relationship with Christ, you are going to get stuck in this pattern. Whatever it is, pattern of selfishness, pattern of unforgiveness, pattern of, of, of sexual immorality, pattern of pornography, whatever it is, you're going to be stuck in this pattern. And every time you hear a sermon of holiness, whether it's talking about uh, not watching pornography or walking in forgiveness, your attitude is going to be, I'm serious this time. And all it's going to do is stir up this defeated attitude because you're going to fall again, you're going to stumble again, and you're going to think, you're going to hear, you're going to think, I wasn't serious enough. That's what you're going to think. We're on this side because this guy might struggle with areas too, and it might take a process of him getting over it. But this guy keeps on putting his trust in God. He keeps on. Here's what the Bible says that, 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 that blesses the guy who, who, having fall, keeps on getting up. Why does he keep on getting up? Because he keeps on thinking, man, with God, all things are possible. Yeah, I did it. Yeah, I fell. Yeah, I blew it. But I don't care. I'm going to get back. I'm going to walk in holiness. I'm going to be holy for God has called me to be holy. And God is going to help me. Because I have a relationship with God. This is void of a relationship with God. This is a dependency on God. 
Do you see the difference? And it's really important to teach this kind of message because at Hope, how many of you know Hope, we're calling you to righteousness. We don't, we're making disciples. We don't care. Listen to this whole thing and don't misquote me by only taking a part of it. We don't care if you're in your sin. We care if you're stuck in your sin. Does that make sense? We care. We, we don't care if, if, you're, if you're still struggling with something. Here's what I care about. If there's no progression. Here's what I care about. If you're just as selfish as you used to be. A year ago. How many know if you're selfish, you ought to be less this year than last year? There's got to be a progression. And can I tell you what? And as you progress, and as you progress, as you progress, there's going to be some point in time when you will, in that area in life, you will be walking in holiness. And you're going to have all your friends say, you, you are not, you are not. But the Holy Spirit will say, you are. Yes, sir. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Not your crazy friends who are jealous of you because you have conquered a sin that they haven't. Amen. I mean, what is Christianity about? What is the word about? What is what is the blood of Jesus about if we can't ever get victory for anything? Oh, you missed a good time to say amen. I'll get. Can I give you another shot? What is the word for? What is, what, is, what, is, what is the preaching for? What is the, what is the gospel for? What is the blood of Jesus Christ for? Are you ready? Come on, don't miss your second shot. If, if, if we can't ever have victory in anything in our life. No, God has called us to walk in that. But here's the problem. The problem is we can't do it by ourselves. We can't, we can't grit it out. It comes out of relationship. Can you give them a hand? Okay. Can I can I can I show you something? Can I show it to you? Look at look at Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 10. We'll have it up here on the screen. I'll show you. This is throughout the word of God. This is throughout the word of God. Here, watch. You, you know in Ephesians, the Bible says this that um, that above all things, taking the shield of faith. See, I started putting on the armor of God, and when I would put on the armor of God, I would trip out how above all things was the shield of faith. I started to ask myself, why is the shield of faith above all things? I would think that the belt of truth would be above all things. I'm just saying, how I tick, I would think that would be above all things. But he doesn't say that. He says, it's the shield of faith that is able, above all things. He said, can I tell you what? When the Bible says above all things, don't, don't think you're going to rewrite the Bible. Oh, I know it says it, but I think, no, no. When it says above all things, you know what that means? It's above all the other pieces of the armament. Now that's a trip, is it not? I don't know, theologically, that just trips me out. And so I started to ask, what's that about? What is that about? And God said, you know what it's about? It's, a, it's about this. It's about, what is faith? Faith is just trusting in God. 
It's about developing a relationship with God that you put your trust in God so much, you just believe whatever he says. Here, that fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so when he tells you something in your mind, you're like, oh, I, don't, I don't think that's a good idea. How many ever done something that you, 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 the Holy Spirit told you something and you thought it was a bad idea, but you did it anyway? And years later, you saw, oh, this was a good idea. Borrowing money for the outdoor project. Thought it was a bad idea. Didn't care. Deferred to the Holy Spirit. A year, two years later, you know what? Looked like the smartest guy on the block. Because inflation hit. You know what? That would cost us about, about you know, 400 maybe 500,000 would have cost us over well over a million dollars. We wouldn't have even started because we wouldn't have a night. We're waiting to have all the money. Were you that smart? No, I was that smart to be obedient here. I was that smart to recognize I'm not that smart. What am I doing? It's taking all the fiery darts of the enemy and it's saying it's quenching every single fiery dart. Why? Because every stupid thing that Satan comes with me, I just go, yeah, I'm not sure, but I think God's right. That's right. Amen. Come on. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, I don't know, but God's right. Amen. I don't know, but I'm going to be obedient to God. Amen. You know what? It's, it's, it's coming down. And see how, see how that quenches every fiery dart? Every single one. Amen. Can I tell you what? Above all things, you know what God is looking for? Your relationship with him. Here, let me show it to you. If you obey the voice of the Lord your God and keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in the book of the law, and turn to the Lord. Did you see it? Did you see it? Do everything that God has to say. But watch this. But how are you going to do it? You're going to turn from the, to the Lord. Turn to the Lord. It's about a relationship. So you're not doing it because of this. You're doing it because that's your friend. And you have, re- you have decided that your friend is smarter than you. Right? That's why you're going to do it. Watch this. So you're turning to the Lord. You're turning to relationship to the Lord. Watch this. With all your, help me out. With all your heart and with all your soul. Now here's deep, deep theology already. How many know the word, all the word is inspired by God? One time the Holy Spirit told me this. He said, not only, how many know, how many know the Bible says that there are serious consequences if we take away the word or if we add to the word? Come on. And the Holy Spirit shared with me, he says, not only is every word inspired, but the order is inspired. See, that's God. He is so precise. He's like, man, I don't get this mixed up. I'm putting the heart before the soul. How many know there's a theological truth right there? Can I teach it to you? Watch this. To turn to the Lord with all your heart. Do you know all your heart doesn't mean boom, 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 boom. How many know God's not talking about your, your heart that beats in your chest and pumps your blood? He's not talking about that. You know what he's talking about? What is the heart of the melon? You ever hear the heart of the melon? You know what it is? It's the center of the melon. Here's what God is saying. 
I want you to turn to me with everything that is really you, with your center. That's what I want. And I want that first. First your heart and with your soul. What's your soul? Your mind, your will, your emotions. I got to do this. This is smart. This is right. God, that, that's all good. There needs to be determination. But there first has to be a turning to Jesus Christ. So you can keep on coming. You can keep on coming to church. Here, here I, I've got a friend, and I love what his church has come up with. Here's, here's what they, they say. Here's their theme of their church. That they want to... They want people to experience God corporately so that then they can experience God individually. I think they say it like this. I'm not sure. It's like corporate encounters with God so they can have daily encounters with God. That's what I think it is. Say corporate encounters with God, but they'll develop, they can have daily encounters with God. See, here's what they recognize. You know what? They recognize um, that, that experiencing the presence, how many experience the presence of God today in praise and worship? I mean, how many know God was here? I don't mean God's not still here, but how many know, oh my goodness, God, did God show up today in our praise and worship? Oh my goodness, it was like, oh, this is God's here. Okay, here's the problem with that. If you're only experiencing God on Sunday and Wednesday, See, God doesn't want us to just have corporate encounters with God. God wants us to have corporate encounters of God. But those corporate encounters of God, we've got to go deeper that those that pretty soon, you know what, you're not even just singing, you know what, uh, oh, Lord, my rock, you are my fortress and my strength, that that goes from here down front to in the shower. You know, you're washing your hair. Oh, Lord, you are my fortress. My, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, my goodness. You know, what's going on? I, I got a text the other day. We were singing, uh, uh, I forget what we were singing. I think Jehovah Jireh. And somebody texted me and said, oh, man, Pastor, it's so great. I've been singing that all week. Amen. Oh, now we're doing something. See, the, the corporate encounters of God got to become, you know what, daily encounters with God. Do you understand? Yeah. Is this all making sense? Are we fitting this together? Because, because if all you're doing is corporately encounter God, and then you hear the word of God, and you, you're, you're going to walk away without the individual. Guys, you got to hang out with God tomorrow. Amen. Understand this, that God's manna was only good for that day. Can I tell you why? Because God wants you to hang out. God wants you in tomorrow to wake up and go, oh, where's the manna? <laughs> I need God. I need God. I need a dependency on God. I ain't putting this manna in my freezer. You can't open up your freezer. Oh, Lord, you are my fortress. It don't last. It don't, it don't work like milk or yogurt. God's not milk or yogurt. God wants a relationship, and it's out of that relationship that you are going to feel his, watch this, grace. What's grace? Grace is his ability to do with him what you can't do by yourself. 
See, it's all about this guy is just by himself. Listen, I'm not saying he doesn't love God. I'm not saying he's not trying. I'm not saying he doesn't go to church. I'm saying he's too busy for God on Monday. How many encouraged? Pastor, what are you trying to do? I'm trying to get you to spend time with God by yourself tomorrow. Why? Here's why. Because when you do that, you'll hear, you're, you'll feel God, you'll, you'll feel the presence of God. The condemnation will turn into a, uh, hey dude, we got this. Man, I'm with you, man. We got it. Come on, we're going we're gonna to do this today. We're going to do it together. Right? Versus you pumped up Sunday. Oh, I'm serious. You, you know what? You're serious. You're just going to fail again. And then what is it? And Satan comes, ooh, you're a failure. And then what is your, you're not like dependent. You're like, oh, I'm really serious. Oh, I'm going to be serious more this time. And at some point in time, you're really, 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 you just add re a really. No, I'm really, really serious. No, I'm really, really, really serious. And at some point in time, here, here's what happens. Can I tell you the truth? Here's what happens. At some point in time, you finally convince yourself that holiness is impossible. And that is a lie. I just showed it to you in Peter. That is a lie. Can I tell you what? You can go to, you can go to thousands of church, churches and never hear this call to holiness in your life. Can I tell you why? Because they have, because the pastors have relegated and said, well, you know what? We're just working through our stuff. You know, they call it sanctification. That's the Oh, we're being sanctified. Okay, well, if you're being sanctified, be sanctified. At some point in time, you know what? Hey, how many know at some point in time, there's got to be a sancti there's got to be a checklist that you go, oh, I checked that one. Not like, oh, you know, can I tell you what? At, at, at 38 years being a Christian, you ought to have some boxes checked. <laughs> Come on. Is this good preaching? So how do you do that? You have to, you have to, it's got to become daily encounter with God. I, I won't get through this list. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking for a big awe. I won't get through this list. Okay, but I'm gonna I'm I'm get a good start. Amen. Are you guys ready? Number one, if you want to have a real encounter, daily encounter, God. First thing, you got to get born again. You have to accept Jesus in your heart. Yeah, you have to accept Jesus in your heart. Maybe you're watching at home. I haven't accepted you. You got to accept Jesus in your heart. You have to do that. Number one. Let me tell you what that doesn't mean. Let me tell you what it does mean. Let me tell you what it doesn't mean. With every head and every eyes closed, you know what? Jesus, come into my life. Jesus, come into my life. Change my life from the inside. Change my life from the inside out. And then you, and then you, and then you're leaving, and you're like, oh, I'm, you know what? I'm in control still. When you ask Jesus to take your life, you're telling him, I'm relinquishing control. 
So the first thing you have to do is you have to give him. You know what? You know what the Lord means? Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I ask you to do? You know what Lord literally means in the Hebrew? It means controller. Literally. It means the one who controls you. Do you, do you want to become a Christian? Then you got to be out of control. Because somebody's going to be your Lord. And if Jesus ain't your Lord, then you're your Lord. And there can't be two lords. You know what that's called? Uh, it's called, what's it called? Adultery. No, not adultery. What's it called? Idolatry. Yeah. Yeah, not adultery. It's called idolatry. Although Jesus says, uh, James, I think James calls these people that are doing their, uh, having other gods, he says, you're adulterous. So I guess it is adultery. Okay, are you learning something? Number one. Number two, you got to set up a date. Man, when, 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 I, when I saw Tamara, I was like, hey, baby. She said she didn't like me, but I don't believe it. Amen. And I, and I asked her out for a what? Date. Now, 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 we take that word like a date, like a relational date. We understand that. But you know what a date is? It's a date. It's a date that I say, hey, I'm going to pick you up here. I'm setting aside my time. That's what a date is. You've got to give God some time. You've got to set up a date. I have a date with, with God tomorrow. Tomorrow morning. I wake up at 520. Then I'm up by 530. I get Nigel. I put Nigel outside. He goes potty. Nigel comes in with me. And by 535, Nigel and me are praying. I don't know that he really prays very much, but anyway, he just lays down with me and I pray. That's the date I have set up. And if you want to have an appointment with me, it's fine. I have time for you, but not before I spend time with God. It's going to happen. Okay. Does that make sense? You, you can't have a relationship and you're too busy. You want to, oh, oh, I would, but I don't have any time, but God knows my heart. Ooh, Jackson, God does know your heart. Maybe God knows your heart better than you. Do you understand? No, I love God. I just don't have time. Come on. Can we get real? You got to set up a date with him. Amen. Here, 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 here. This is deep. Okay, number three, you know what? You got to show up for that date. <laughs> you got to show up for that date. Ooh, you know, I was going to spend time with God, but I slept in. How, how do you have a relationship and you don't show up for the date? What does that tell God when you don't show up? How can you develop a relationship if you don't show up? Does this make sense? Okay, number three. Uh, here's this deep. Here, you have a date, you show up. Have you ever been talking to somebody and they're falling asleep? How, how important do you feel? Have you ever done that? You ever feel, you know, you're talking and they're really falling asleep right in front of you. Can I do it? Oh, I'm going to spend time with God. And then you sleep. Guys, sometimes we act like God's not paying attention. Or we always go, oh, it's okay. He understands. He understands. You know what he understands? He understands that you're sleeping. Pastor, what, what, what do I do? Here's what I do. You know, here's what I did. Now, now I made a true story. Now I lay down. But for a long time, I would get up from my bed 
and come out to the living room. I, I didn't have a relationship with God. I changed beds. I just went from my bed in my, in my room to the bed in the living room. So, Pastor, what did you do? See, can I tell you what? we got to get practical because it's only this that we're going to conquer sin. It's only through Jesus Christ. We need his help. We need his grace, his power, supernatural power. we gotta, we got to be, it's in him we are going to move. Okay, so what do I do? I got up. It was winter. It was cold. I put a jacket on. You know what I mean? But, but it's still, I'm not going to sleep. And I just walked back and forth in my driveway. And, and developed and talked to God. And, and what did he see? He saw that I set up a date, that I showed up for the date, and that I didn't fall asleep for the date. Amen. Now what can I do? I can start to develop, develop, develop a relationship with him. Are you learning something? Okay. Uh, here, here's this deep. Ready? I'll stop with this. Okay. I'll stop with this. Okay. Here's what I did. When I showed up for my date, I showed up. I was on time. I wasn't sleeping. I let him talk. Here. Every morning when I spend time with God, you know what the best time is? When I let him talk. Don't get me wrong. I have all kinds of requests. I'll teach you this next week. You know what? Be yourself. I'll talk about bringing your request to God. But here's what changed. Because when I started doing this, I was like, you know what? Okay, I'm going to have this much time. Talk, 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 talk. Oh, my time's up. See you tomorrow. Now, this is a deep theological question. Two people are in the room, me and God. One people is talking. Who is the dumbest person that was talking? Who is the smartest person that wasn't allowed to talk? See, that doesn't even make any sense. God cares about me. He doesn't think I'm dumb. He loves me. He'll listen to me the whole time. But my spiritual walk, my relationship with God went in a whole different level when I would talk and then I'd shut up and let him talk. And now it was this relationship instead of just this one way yeah, 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 yeah. And how does somebody feel? How many know God has feelings? How many does God feel when it's like, talk, 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 talk. Ooh, got to go. Come back the next day. Talk, 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 talk. Ooh, got to go. At some point in time, how does he feel? Wow. Is it a relationship? It's not. It's a life. How many learned something? Come on. How many learned something? Here, let me press you a little more. How many will set up a date? How many will keep that date? How many will not sleep in that date? Now, let me teach you something. If you don't do it perfectly, it's all right. But stick with it. There will become a day when you wake up. Because tomorrow you're going to wake up. Let's say you wake up at 520 like me. You're going to wake up at 520. And like me, for, for many, many months, I would go like this down the hallway. There will be a day 
You don't go to down the hallway like that. There will be a day when you look at your watch and say, and you know what the time's up, and you'll go, fuck. I'm not saying that'll happen tomorrow because you've been trained the wrong way. But there will be a time when you start to value that it that'll be the best time of your day for sure. I'll talk about that next week. Or next week, you ready for this? Or next week, I'd come next week. Next week, guess who might be here next week? Armstrong might be here next week. If you don't know who that is, he's a missionary to Africa. Amazing, amazing speaker. Total national word leader. This guy is amazing. Or, or, say or, or Daryl Copes might be here next week. Which one? Come next week. You'll find out. Or you might learn the rest of the list. I'm actually, I'm not sure we have some things up in the air, so we'll see. Can I pray with you before we leave? How many, how many feel convicted some way in the Holy Spirit? How many feel like you need to ask God into your life? Or maybe he's already in your life, but you need to ask him in a deeper way. He needs to have more room in your life. If that's you, raise your hand. I want to pray with you. Father, just say this. Say, God, come into my heart. If you're already in my heart, I invite you to every room in the house. <laughs> I know I can't stop sinning without your help. And I apologize for trying to live a Christian life by myself. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.